Today, we revisit my 2007 conversation with former NFL quarterback Joey Harrington, who credits his discovery of jazz with keeping him interested in continuing his piano studies instead of abandoning them for his other childhood pursuits. Sports would eventually become his major focus, but jazz is still a serious passion. Joey Harrington continues to play jazz and finds many parallels in the world of sports and music. I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. At Joey's suggestion, we met at the Sherman Clay Piano Gallery in Joey's hometown of Portland, Oregon. He also requested an unusually early rendezvous time. You are the first person who's ever asked for a 9 o'clock. That's when I knew you're an athlete. <laughs> I have to say, I haven't had one person. It's always my musicians are always, well. Well, because they'll work your, till. Right, yeah, exactly. They play so the clubs always, late and, yeah. They're always saying that, you know, it's like, I'll say, can we get together at 10? It'll always be, could it be noon? <laughs> and you're like, I said, do you want to do 10? Could it be nine? So anyway, talk about the first time you heard jazz or getting into jazz at such an early age. That's unusual. You know, it was, it was actually, um, it was actually my mom who, I guess, directed me uh, towards jazz. Uh, I'd, I'd played the piano since I was three or four. I can't remember. I started in the Suzuki play by ear and all went all through the classical stuff. Um, and and I remember I was in fifth grade and, and our, our local middle school uh, had a, a piano player. His name was Jason Taboric, and he was an eighth grader. I was a couple years behind him, and he took a... He he took a tour with a couple uh, other eighth graders from around the country. Won a contest. Was I mean, it was a phenomenal, phenomenal pianist, and uh, and played just down the street and was leaving. And they did a story in the newspaper about it. And my mom called up and said, "Are you looking for somebody to replace him?" And and the uh, the director said, "Yeah, come on down and, and audition." And I and I got the part. And and that's when uh, I started taking jazz lessons. I mean, I it was it was it was great because I was I was at a point with classical music where uh, I don't want to say I was getting bored but you know I was <laughs> I was a 10 year old kid and you know <laughs> do I want to sit and play Mozart or do I want to go out and play ball do I want you know it, it was it was tough to continue practicing and I think jazz was kind of the uh, the redirect that I needed oh that's interesting that really is because that is the common story that you have all the people who played piano and then it got to where no, they wanted to go out and play ball. Right. And that's where it splits and some keep taking lessons, but most don't. So well, you really do think it was jazz that sort of kept you involved. Oh, absolutely. Because I mean, there were, I'd be lying if I said there weren't times when mom said, no, just, just, just sit down and, and give me 15 minutes on the piano and then you can go play, you know, go play ball on the street. Um, but jazz gave me something different. It gave me, uh, a, a bit more of a release, less structure, um, a chance to a chance to compete. I mean, we were well, Fernwood Middle School was the was the jazz band I played with, and uh, and we were pretty good. We there were a couple uh, middle school jazz festivals around the around the state that we went to, and uh, I remember <laughs> I remember uh, his name. Our director's name was Larry Nabori, wonderful guy, and and he had me uh, work up a solo for uh, St. Louis Blues. Um, that would be my eighth grade year, and and we took it to a competition and and did the whole big band arrangement, and and we actually we actually won the uh, won the competition. So uh, we we were we were a pretty decent band. It gave gave me a chance to um, 
I guess, exercise my competitive side and, uh, and stay with music as well. I love that. I've never had anybody say that, that it gave you a chance to compete. Because in classical music, of course, you'll be in these competitions. But it's a different kind of thing because as you're talking about the jazz, I'm also making a connection with being in a group, right. which certainly is what you do for a living. It's, um, you have a team. There's something, there's something very fulfilling about getting a group of people together and, and all being on the same page. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. I, I enjoyed it. I always tell people when they ask about music and they want me to explain it because it's such a mystery to them how a jazz group can be together and know what to do without music. And I love that I'm sitting across the table from you because I always say, think of me as the quarterback. <laughs> and that's how I tell them. And I said, the tune's the play. We all know the play. I call the play. But they all still have to look to me for what we're going to do. And then other things happen because the play doesn't always go the way exactly. you think it's going. Exactly. <laughs> and you've got to be open to other things happening. But it's still a team effort. And for some reason, people seem to understand sports a little easier than they do. They think they understand yeah, sports. Yeah, let's, let's, <laughs> there are plenty of uh, Monday morning quarterbacks out there, armchair quarterbacks who, who know exactly what's going on. I'm sure they tell you all the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I had more, I've had more people come up to me tell me what kind of plays we should be running. You know what you should do with this offense? Well, well, thanks for the suggestion. I'll take it to coach. Oh, this is funny. So they do that to you too. Oh yeah, all the time. See, I just think they do that to me because and, they come up and they say, why didn't you do this, this and this? And I'll think, do they really know? I say, well, do you play piano or do you play jazz? Well, no, but, well, no, I, but thinking- I listen a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Also, but I read a book on Louis Armstrong once. and uh, <laughs> Exactly. So they know. That is very funny. Very funny. Well, you brought a version of Autumn Leaves because you said that was one to play for me that you said was actually something. That was, that was uh, one of the first songs I learned with uh, my, my first jazz piano teacher. His name was Gordon Lee. Um, and I, I brought it because he always said he liked, uh, he, for some reason, he liked my voicings. I mean, he, you know, as a, as a little sixth grader, uh, I always, that, that just stuck in my head. He, he would have me play it and, um, you know, in our lesson and he'd kind of stop me and he'd say, yeah, I like how you, I like how you, uh, oh, I can't remember where it was. Uh, mm-hmm. um, the autumn leaves start to fall the very, right, right about the turnaround there. He mm-hmm. always, he always liked how I, I came back to the, uh, came back to the top and, um, and it, that's always just stuck in my head. And I see Gordon every once in a while playing around the city and, and he's, he's toured the world. He's a, he's a phenomenal musician. And, and I was, I was extremely lucky as a fifth grader to get in and take some lessons from him. So, uh, that is, that is one of my, one of the songs that I, that I remember from Gordon. I'm envious because to get someone to talk voicings at such an early age, you know, I had one of those piano teachers who just said, you will play it this way and here's the music. And I eventually quit. Out of boredom, same thing. I did go out and play ball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said, forget it. But to have, for our audience that might not know what you mean, it's the, it's the notes that we choose to make the particular chord, the different colors and everything. And I know that you're a Bill Evans fan too, because he was master of beautiful voicings. Talk about Bill Evans. Well, Gordon actually turned me on to Bill Evans as well. Um, and, and, and I may be, um, I don't want to be speaking incorrectly here but one th- uh, what I remember him telling me about Bill Evans is he used a lot of sixths mm-hmm. um, a lot of six nine voicings and it, it was it's a it's a very simple style but uh, it's it's very rich
Bill Evans, a favorite of my guest, quarterback and jazz pianist, Joey Harrington. Joey feels much of the magic of Evans' music was his skill with silence. I think it has a lot to do with, well, I would say it has a lot to do with confidence. I mean, I know when I play now, you know, I'm, I'm not half as good as I was when I was 16. I'm 28 now, and 12 years ago I was, I was the best I've ever been. Uh, <laughs> but, but I'm not confident enough to just let it sit. You know, just say, you know what, my voicing is strong enough, and I've, I, I, I love how this sounds. I'm just going to let it marinate here for a second, and 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 be comfortable with that, be comfortable with space, be comfortable with, um, not with silence, but be comfortable with, you know, an absence of sound, and, and you know, relying on what I've played to be powerful enough to carry it through, and. Um, I'm a I'm a filler. <laughs> I get I get antsy. I, I gotta I gotta get something in there. I think most people do that though. Yeah, I think absolutely. that's a big challenge to mm-hmm. just let there and especially let there be silence or an absence of sound, as mm-hmm. you say. But also, you can speak to this being 28 because I wonder if this is more this way now. Because for me, I've worked very hard at getting comfortable with an absence of sound and more space, and that's how my personal music has evolved as I've gotten older. And I think that everyone says that in any art, you know, when you're writing, you're writing, there's way too many words. It's You learn to edit. But living today with the music that's going on that has so much sound coming at you, do you think that maybe it's even harder because you hear that we're surrounded by so much sound and aggressive sound? Well, absolutely. I mean, I, I think... Like we were talking about earlier, you know, before the show, I think music is, is taking, obviously taking a different direction and it always will, but, but I think the, no, I don't want to say the purity is, is, is going away, but, but there's so much, uh, studio tweaks and there's so much electronic sound and there's so much, um, there's such an emphasis on, on the beat, uh, as opposed to the, um, the tone. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if, mm-hmm. if you don't, you know what, if you don't have a great voice, so what? You, you know, we can, we can make a few studio modifications that can, uh, that can make it all right. Uh, we can fill it with a drum machine. We can fill it with a, a computer. Um, and so I think there is definitely a, a piece of that that is, that is, that is getting lost. Mm. You just heard James Taylor a couple days ago phenomenal. talk about that. Abs- we talk- absolutely phenomenal. It was the best show I've ever seen. Hands down, the purest voice. Uh, I've heard in person. I mean, it is, it, it's, it's incredible to, to listen to a CD and say, you know what, I love this music. I love this, um, I love this, this voice. I mean, he, you know, he, he reaches so many people and, uh, and, and me included. And then to go see him in person and say, you know what, this is exactly what it sounds like on the CD. And you know what, it's even better because he, he, he can do it in person and he can do it at, I'm going to take a guess here. What is he? Sixty years old now? Yeah. I mean, he sounds the same today, you know, that he did, you know, 20 years ago. Um, And yeah, it was an incredible experience for me. In my mind, I'm gone to Carolina. Can't you see the sunshine? Can't you just feel the moonshine? Ain't he just like a friend of mine? me from behind Yes, I'm gone to Carolina in my mind Karen, she's 
the silver sun You best walk her away and watch it shining Watch her watch the morning come A silver tear appearing now I'm crying, ain't I? What do your friends, your contemporaries, feel about this music? Do you? You're smiling. <laughs> <laughs> you're smiling. If you say, "Come on, guys, I want you to listen to this," Herbie Hancock. I know that you listen I have, to music. I have friends who appreciate it. You do. Yes. And they're open-minded. Oh yeah. Well. Oh yeah. I yeah. have. I have. Well, I didn't mean to cut you off there. You can finish your question because there, there are a lot of different directions I can take this. Well, I have a couple things. I know that you listen to music as do your teammates before they play or some of your teammates. And so it's inevitable that you're going to say, Hey guys, listen to this. And I don't, I'm curious. Are you assertive? Do you try to open them up to hear some of the music that and hear what you hear? Are they open to it? All those things. Are you talking pregame? Or are you talking... Well, well, it'll be two different questions. Okay. Question uh, number one. Question number one. In general. In general. I think I think I do have... I mean, I, like I said, I do have some friends who are, who are open to it. And if we're, I don't know, making a drive to Eugene, I'd, I'd feel confident putting on a, you know, a Herbie Hancock CD, putting it on the jazz station and... Uh, you know, putting it on NPR, whatever, you know, whatever it may be and, um, and, and driving and just kind of having it as, you know, background. I mean, that's, I'd, I'd feel confident that they're not going to say, Hey, turn this junk off. Um, now would, would they necessarily go buy a CD? Would they, would their collection include some of the stuff that I have? Uh, very doubtful. Um, and, and in fact, it, it it's funny. It, it kind of, I don't want to say it got me into a bit of trouble, but I've always been uh, kind of made fun of along the way by by people who don't really don't really know me. Um, you know, like I said, my my close friends, you know, are, are very open and very accepting, but it's kind of been um, I, I don't know. I remember remember uh, we were playing we were playing in the 
high school state volleyball championships and I was in the crowd and you know high school students start you know chanting back and forth and they had just done a piece on the local news about me playing the piano and then I just signed to go play college football and and the other the other team we were playing Barlow High School and they start chanting Joey plays the piano as if it's as if it's an insult or you know that's horrible oh yeah and and I'm just sitting there laughing and um and and it's almost it's, it's it's almost kind of a sign of um Maybe a sign of weakness, maybe a sign of, um, it, it's funny because that's how I, I spent four years in Detroit. And this, this is the part that always, that always kind of confused me is, is Detroit is, is the music, oh, is, is music mecca, Motown, uh, great jazz, great blues. Um, and, and obviously, you know, it, it came out that, that I was a, a musician as well. And, and it almost kind of became a, um, I don't want to say a detraction, but you know, we we went back to Detroit on Thanksgiving, and and um, we were introduced. You know, we made our our PR department said, please introduce our defense, um, so as to not stir things up. And well, we're coming out of the tunnel, and and uh, the Detroit uh, PR department or whoever you know ran the thing brought our team out to Piano Man. And they showed, they showed pictures, you know, pictures of me when I was playing with the Lions. And, uh, you know, as if it's this, this, this horrible thing. And, and, you know, came out and they introduced the defense. And then they introduced me, you know, Piano Man is still playing. Um, and everybody's booing. The funny part of that is <laughs> a week later, I get an envelope in the mail and, uh, the, the, the letter says enclosed, you will find a, a note from, a, a note from Billy Joel. And I was laughing. I was, no way. Open it up and there's the stationary William Joel across the top. Dear Joey, I heard what happened at the Detroit game. I'd be honored if you used Piano Man as a theme song anytime in the future. Oh my God. P.S. Maybe, maybe Detroit should use the song. We didn't start the fire. <laughs> so it, it's, 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 you ask the question and it, and it's, it's always very, um, it's a it's a great subject for me because I love it and I'm comf- comfortable with it and and uh, you know all my friends are as well. But I think there's definitely a um, a part of the the athletic community that that isn't always accepting of it or or I guess thinks that thinks that their athlete should should behave in a certain way or has a, has a picture of what um, what a football player should be. So when you asked the question earlier, I, you know, there are plenty of directions I could have taken. And I think you still have the, the pregame question coming. Is that yeah. number two? <laughs> I'm just, I'm shaking my head here because I'm frankly so disappointed because that that exists. I mean, there's, there's that cliche, but there, things are cliches for a reason, they always say. And I hoped that people were a bit more enlightened and, I mean, certainly there's, there's lots of stereotypes of especially jazz musicians, but I have to say that the jazz musicians I know, because I play, I play, I'm a fanatic tennis player and all this, they call me the jazz jock because they think it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the opposite. Well, that's the other way around, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> They're actually encouraging of it because the picture of a jazz musician is always this poor, drugged out, skinny, yeah. you know, <laughs> dissipated person. And they're always, and, and my, my guys will actually say, no, Judy plays sports. And they're all like, there's one of us who's out there who's healthy. But seriously, I'm... 
I'm disappointed, I have to tell you, because I would think that, I would, I would expect that from 10-year-olds right. who say, we want Joey to come play with us and he's playing piano and be unhappy, but I wouldn't expect it from men, frankly. So it's really irritating. Well... <laughs> It's irritating me. Oh, I've learned to get beyond it. it doesn't, no, obviously, doesn't obviously. But I think that. What about the pregame? Because I know that you do listen to jazz pregame. Before. Talk about that. Well, I had a, uh, I had a, a group of songs that I would listen to before before every game in college. I've kind of I've kind of moved away from it a little bit now. Um, but every, before every game in college, I would listen to, um, I'd listen to Herbie Hancock. Oh gosh, let me. It was, I believe, it was Driftin' and Watermelon Man, and then I would listen to uh, Harry Connick Jr. Um, off of the She album, uh, "Whisper Your Name," and then I would listen to. And, and I, I threw this in here because I think it, I think it does. I think it obviously en- encompasses a lot of elements of jazz, but uh, the Dave Matthews Band. And uh, the song was number forty-one, and 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 it is it's uh there's about a probably about an eight-minute solo break in the middle where Boyd and and Leroy just kind of throw it back and forth, and you've got some some violin, you've got some some saxophone, you've got actually a flute solo in there. So it it was definitely a a, a bit different than all the Metallica or the. Uh, <laughs> Or the Tupac or, you know, yeah, whatever was being listened to uh, around the locker room.
The Dave Matthews Band on number 41. I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. For a discography of the music played on our show and a schedule of upcoming programs, visit our website at jazzinspired.com. You can email us at info at jazzinspired.com. To find out more about my music and what I'm doing, and to sign up for our email newsletter, visit judycarmichael.com. Quarterback Joey Harrington frequently listens to music before a game. Are you looking to it to relax you? It to relaxes, you up? yeah. No, it, it relaxes me, but it but it does it in a way that that keeps me. I don't want to say that keeps me excited, but when when I'm playing, I need to be in control. I need to have um, I need to have a certain level of energy. I need to have a certain level of focus, but I also need to be relaxed because I know that there are, you know on the field there are ten other guys who are looking for looking to me to tell them what to do. Uh, and so if I'm, I don't know, if I'm all, you know, hyped up out of, you know, <laughs> hyped out of my gourd and, and, you know, going crazy, um, that's going to do a disservice to myself and to the team. And so I was able to find a, find a balance, um, between staying relaxed yet staying, uh, focused and, and energized. It's fascinating you say that because I've had a number of musicians talk to me about, the best music to them and what they go for, and certainly it's what I strive for in my playing, is to play the music in such a way that it's exciting and it's focused, but it's relaxed, Mm -hmm. even on up-tempo tunes. Because if you get somebody who's going crazy and doing a Bud Powell thing, it doesn't work if it sounds frenetic. It only works and is pleasant to listen to if it's relaxed. And it's exactly what you're talking about. So it's, it's a similar thing with sports. I mean, it sounds like it's an identical kind of place to be mm-hmm. to make it all happen. It, it, especially with, 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 as a quarterback. I mm-hmm. mean, that's, that, that's, what, that's what you need to strive for. You need to, um, you need to be uh, energetic and focused and, and in control, but you need to be relaxed. Mm-hmm. You, I think more, more than anything, I guess being relaxed leads to being in control. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's, that's the biggest piece. And, um, you know, that's, that's what I'm always striving for. What was it like to 
not have to give up music, but give up music on the level that you wanted to pursue it when you realized that you were going to play sports and really put more into that. That had to be a very difficult time. Or was it? You know, at the time, I don't know that it was. Mm. Looking back, I... Um, I don't want to say that I... How do I phrase this? Giving up lessons. I, I, I was 16. Um, I was taken from another teacher. Uh, his name was Mike Klinger. Great, great musician, local musician. Uh, we were doing a lot of the, uh, the computer, the MIDI stuff. Um, but I didn't have the time to do it. I mean, I, I really didn't. And, and it was a point, I was a sophomore in high school, where I was starting to get recruited a little bit. Uh, I was playing three sports. Um, you know, I was still playing with our church group on the weekends. I, you know, I, I had I had all sorts of things going on, and, and honestly, I, I didn't have I didn't have the time to put into it. Uh, and and for as much as I loved it, it wasn't it wasn't my focus at the time. Mm. And so when he sat me down and said, "You know what? You either need to practice more, mm. <laughs> um, or you need to give up your spot because I've got a waiting list, and I'd love you know I'd, I'd love to continue teaching you, but it's not fair to the people." You know who want to spend the time to do it, um, so it was a it was a difficult decision because I didn't want to give it up, uh, but it was a fairly easy decision because I knew that I had other things on my plate at, the, at mm, that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, now looking back, you know, like I said, I was I was better at sixteen than I am at twenty eight, and, <laughs> and and I wish that I had, uh, you know, I, I wish that I could tell you the difference between a a Dorian and a Mixolydian scale right now, but but you know all I remember are the are the the standards that I you know that I played over and over. Um, but I, I've got a great bass, and you know I've I've got you know I started playing when I was when I was young enough where it, where it stuck, and and I and I've actually taken a couple lessons uh, back with with Gordon, um, you know when I've been home in Portland, uh, so it's. It's I, I love it enough, and I've got enough of a base where I can go back. So, um, yeah, do I wish I had stuck? I'd stuck with it. Yeah, I mean, of course, part of me wishes that I that I did, but I don't know that I would be here, uh, you know, in the NFL. You know, right? If if I had focused on piano, right? Of course, and you can't do everything, right? And you still play? Oh yeah, I do. I mean, I'll sit and play, you know, ten minutes a day, and just kind of sit down and and dork around, but. Um, I, I don't play anything like I like I used to. But I love that, and I want you to speak to that because I think I've talked about this a lot on this show because I think it's an important subject. Of that, in this day and age, it seems that we've come to a point to where you're either a star or you're nobody, and it and very few people are stars, and it's wonderful and healthy and enriching to have these activities and you sitting down and playing 15 minutes a day obviously does something for you and it enriches your life. Speak to that because just because you're not now going to go out and get a gig immediately, you have another gig. Well, yeah. I mean, I I think, I think one of the things that it does for me is, um, it, I I don't say it kind of levels me out. It brings me back down You know, I'll come back from, uh, come from, come back from practice and I've, you know, come home at seven at night and I've been there since seven in the morning and, and all I want to do is just, just plop down and, you know, I'm thinking about the game plan and I'm thinking about travel and I'm, th- you know, whatever it may be. Uh, and I'll just sit down and play for, for five or ten minutes and, and it 
does wonders for me. Mm. Um, it, it, it relaxes me. It, it brings me back. It, 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 um, it reminds me that there are other things in life. Mm. Um, you know, and, and not to say that it takes away from my focus because, you know, from, from July until, until January, <laughs> don't talk to me about anything but football. Uh, <laughs> but, but it does, it does keep me from, from going insane during that time. And I would think it helped you be focused. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It, it, it keeps me, it keeps me level. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't distract me at all, but it keeps me in, in a place where I can, um, where I can continue to concentrate and continue mm-hmm. to focus on, on football. I had my saxophonist say to me, uh, a while back, and it was really great, and it's a bit like this, and it speaks to the same subject. He said, when was the last time you just sat down and played a tune that you weren't going to perform? And because I'm always the leader, I'm not doing sidemen things, so people aren't calling tunes to me for me right. to try. And it was true. I couldn't remember when I'd done it. He says, I think you ought to do that. And what he was really saying to me is he was seeing how tense I was. I was worrying about all the gigs. I was Mm -hmm. worrying about what we were going to perform, the next record, all of this. So even for me, as a professional pianist, it was great advice. And I pulled out, you know, some classical stuff that I knew I'd never performed, something entirely different that I'm not even particularly good at. But it was great. Right. And actually relieved me. Yeah, it's a bit therapeutic almost. Mm -hmm. No, I think it is. Talk about Jamie Cullum, because there's somebody who's a (laughs) a bit more contemporary. uh, Not contemporary, but... uh, Oh, he's contemporary. Well... Yeah, I mean, on the contemporary scene is what I mean. Yeah, but he uh, he definitely jumps back into the old standards as well. Yeah. What do you think? Do you think he does a good job? Oh, I saw him in concert last last spring up here in Portland, and and he puts on a, a great show. I mean, he's, uh, I've never seen anybody be able to jump on top of a piano and play with their feet and then jump down and sing, you know, and, and sing, you know, one of the old crooners, uh, what it had to be you Mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever. God, I can't remember what, what, what's on his last album. Um, but he he covers such a wide range of uh but but he's still he's still part of the the pop i mean you could hand it to uh you could hand it to a you know a 13 year old teeny bopper mm-hmm. and say hey listen to this song and, and i think they'd like it um so it's he's an interesting mix he's a he's a tremendous tremendous musician you know I, I was actually really surprised i mean he sat down and and tore out a few solos where or i was you know I was I was really impressed, uh, but but he's got a, such an energy about him. I mean, he's mm. he's, a, he's a little guy. I, mean, I think mm-hmm. he's only five foot nothing. And, yeah, he looks like oh he's very short, oh yeah. yeah. But but he's just got a he's just a fireball. I mean, he's he's got such a great energy about him. Puts on a great show. Um, yeah, and 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 I was I was extremely impressed. Dinner at eight. That sounds fine. I suppose the means will turn up round nine. Bought a bunch of flowers just for her. She says the burden's on the receiver I opened the door and you walked in The sound of wild jasmine The room seemed to freeze inside My regular table will be just fine Radiant and elegant you might be But your conservation is so lightly Both of your eyes reflect in the moon You really think you own the room what game shall we play today? How about the one where you don't get your way? Even if you do, that's okay. Older people will say to me, 
Oh, those young guys trying to do those tunes. And I always say, great. I'm thrilled they are. It brings another audience mm -hmm. because I find that, because I do a lot of things in colleges, those college kids will remember that and they'll say to me, oh, that's a Jamie Cullum tune. Yeah. And I don't care that yeah. it's a Jamie Cullum <laughs> tune. To them, it is a Jamie Cullum tune. And that's, I go, yeah, I really like him. I got into this Jamie Cullum yeah. tune. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter that it's, it had to be you. Well, you know what? Like you, you, you know what, though? I, to be perfectly honest, I don't know that I could tell you who wrote It Had to Be You. Oh, I should be able to tell you, and I can't. But you can offhand. That's, right. that's the point. Right. For you, it's Tony Bennett, or for you, yeah. it's Frank Sinatra, right, exactly. or for you, it's Dean Martin, or for, for the kid in college, it's Jamie Cullen. It doesn't matter. The fact is, that's the song. And, and each person has taken their, their interpretation of it, and, you know, to not to quote Paula Abdul, but they made it their own, you know. <laughs> that's, the, that's the big American idol. <laughs> I love it. You took it and you made it your own. But, but you know, but there's, a, uh, there's some truth to it. No, absolutely. And I think that people forget. It's one of the things I always say. They forget that they were young once. Mm -hmm. And that's a bad way to go because I remember... When I didn't know who Count Basie was, yeah. I wasn't. I didn't. I wasn't like you. I wasn't lucky enough to be really young and hear about. It. I mean, I vaguely heard my parents would say, "Yeah, I remember hearing this person and that," but they weren't hardcore jazz bands. So a lot of those tunes I heard, I, I can't remember, but there was some rock slash pop version of Lazy River that was my first exposure to Lazy River. Mm -hmm. I didn't know it was Hoagie Carmichael. I mean, way late. Did I hear Louis Armstrong doing right. it? Right. You know, so I was just like those other people. So I'm going to play those Jamie Cullum tunes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Keep doing it. This has been fun, I suppose. But my feelings are all juxtaposed. But the truth be told, I'm as fickle as hell. But gentlemen, never kiss and tell. So what things shall we play today? How about the one you don't get your way? Talk to me about Mel Brown. Mel Brown. I was, uh, if, if you live in Portland, you know who Mel Brown is. Um, I was lucky enough to meet Mel through his son. His son, Chris, was the, the drummer in our middle school jazz band. But Mel is, is the figurehead of Portland jazz. He, you know, I, it, and he surprises me every time I talk to him. You know, he told me he played with, he played with the Four Tops. He played with Stevie Wonder. He played with the Temptations. I mean, he 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 played in all those groups, and then ended up in Portland, and and has 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 made the jazz scene uh, what it is what it is in Portland today. But he's such an unassuming, um, friendly, welcoming. Emily, my fiance Emily and I will go down to Jimmy Max, um, the jazz club where he plays three nights a week, and just just sit and, and listen to his you know his groups play he's got a, a quartet and he's he's got a uh, a trio that plays and but but no matter what he's playing he's always got this smile on his face and that's what that's what emily loves he's just got this relaxed little smile at, that makes you feel like you're part of what's going on it makes you feel welcome but it lets you know that he is loving what he does 
And, and then all of a sudden he'll break off and, you know, he'll just be relaxing there and, and all of a sudden he'll break off into a solo and, and, and just, just amaze you, just blow your mind. And then he'll just go right back to his little, you know, <laughs> his little groove and, and, uh, he is, he's so well respected in the city. Um, and, and like I said, I was lucky enough to meet him at a young age, uh, through his son and, um. And we've we've stayed in contact ever since. Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. My guest is quarterback and jazz pianist Joey Harrington. You're a boogie fan. I like Boogie Woogie too, and Mead Lux Lewis. Talk about Mead Lux Lewis. Um, well, Gordon, um, my first piano teacher, got me into it a little bit. I mean, he, he exposed me uh, uh, to a lot of different styles of jazz, mm-hmm. a lot of different. I mean, he had. You know, in his in his little studio, he had just thousands of CDs on the wall, and he'd throw out so many names. So you know, Albert Ammons and Mead Lux Lewis, and he'd, throw, he'd just start throwing CDs at a at a twelve year old kid. And I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm a bit overwhelmed. But but what really got me into it was on my own was um, right before our eighth grade year, our um, our band director Larry Nabori came up to me and said, "I'd like to do a version of." Um, St. Louis Blues with the big band for, you know, for competition next year. And if you could take this summer and, and learn an intro. And he gave me free reign. He, and, and I remember this. I was, I was scared to death. You know, I was a 13 year old kid saying, what the heck am I supposed to do? He said, you have free reign. I want you to, I want you to learn an intro to St. Louis Blues. You can take, make it as short as you want. You can make it as long as you want. Um, and you can do anything you like, but we're going to, you know, we're going to just lead it into, the big band version. And so I took that to Gordon and he said, all right, let's, let's go to work. And he pulled out a, a Mead Lux Lewis version of it. And, you know, he had, you know, the boogie woogie going in the left hand. And, and I essentially just kind of tried to, you know, steal parts of, of that, <laughs> of, of his version. And, and then, you know, tied on a, a, a couple, uh, a couple courses of a solo. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and it was, it was a huge hit. Um, you know, I, I, I still remember it. You know, I, I won a, I won a, the solo award at the, uh, at the McMinnville Jazz Festival, you know, in, in, in eighth grade. And it, and, it, and it's something that, you know, that it always kind of pops up in my mind and I'll go a year without thinking about it. But, but, you know, that, that, and it's such a, I don't want to say it. I mean, it's not an overplayed song, but mm-hmm. same, you know, it's, it's, you know, you're going to play, I'm going to play blues song. Oh, St. Louis blues. You know, mm-hmm. that, that's, that's the, you know, that's that's the norm. Mm-hmm. 
Deluxe Lewis, a favorite of my guest, quarterback Joey Harrington. I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. Joey feels audiences connect with the energy of Boogie Woogie. There's an energy to it. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a, you won't see anybody in the, in the audience who's not snapping their fingers or tapping their toes or, I mean, there's something that, um, that people can, I mean, people connect with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are, people are impressed, you know, because they watch, you know, they watch your left hand going, you know, you got the, the stride going in the left hand and, and, and they think, wow, that's pretty impressive. Um, it is impressive. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it's and it's kind of tough. I mean, I I try and play a couple courses of it now, and about you know after about you know after about you know twenty four bars, my 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 forearm is is cramping up on me. So the people who can do it for a continuous amount of time is uh, uh, that's that's impressive. If you were going to talk to younger people, I mean kids, mm-hmm. because you got to hear this music early and were exposed to a lot of it, which is great to just have somebody really giving it to you and you said i've got this really cool music it's called jazz how would you entice them what would you say about the music i think you'd have to use different styles and different age groups to be Mm -hmm. perfectly honest Mm -hmm. um for a for a young kid i think you could throw a boogie woogie at them I, because because it's fun, you know. I could see a little four or five year old, you know, dancing around, and you know, um, I would entice them with the energy of it. Um, hey, you know, listen to this. You know, let's let's go dance. You know, and and get them. Um, I guess relate it to something, um, something fun for them mm-hmm. uh, be, because it is fun. I mean, there's there's you know, it's it's a style that's that's very. Uh, like I said, very energetic, and um, I don't know people. You know, it, it it people enjoy listening mm-hmm. to it. I think if you're talking to a an age group, um, you know, ten to fifteen, I think you're going to have to use something like a Jamie Colum mm-hmm. because there is a pop influence in that, and and their minds have already been uh led down a certain path mm-hmm. and I, and I think you're going to have to I think it would have to be a slow transition to it. I don't I don't think you could, you know, all of a sudden hand them um you know, hand them someday my prince will come and <laughs> you know, you know, and have them say, "Gosh, you know, I really lo- I really love the melodic." You know, they're they're not going to say that. Listen to the melody. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's uh, that that's not going to happen, but but I think there are aspects of um there are different areas that will appeal to to everybody, mm-hmm. uh, and and that's the great thing about jazz is is it's not just one. Uh, it gets grouped into one genre. I mean, it's it's jazz. Well, Frank Sinatra is jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Ken, or, uh, <laughs> I was going to say Kenny Dorsey. He's a. Oh, right. he's a I, I played. <laughs> he played quarterback at Miami. Um, <laughs> There's the there's the crossover. Uh, well, that's a different yeah, kind of jazz. Yeah, yeah, different, <laughs> different kind of jazz. Tommy Dorsey. I mean, that, that's that's a, you know there there's so many different different ranges. Big band. Uh, you know the the crooners, the the Bill Evans, the the quartets, the quintets, the uh, the Hammond organ, the you know the B three organs, the um, you know the the Etta James. The I mean. Uh, you, there are so many different styles, so many different songs, so many different uh, directions you can take it that uh, I think there's, there's something out there for everybody. Mm-hmm. 
I'm picturing a kid coming up, a 13-year-old who you're their hero, and they hear that you play piano, and they're curious about it. They think it's cool. You know, you know what's funny is I've had more... I would say that I've had just as many people come up to me and say, uh, I've continued to play piano, or a, or a mom or a dad who've come up to me and said, you know what, my son, Bobby, Billy, Tommy, um, has started piano lessons because he knows he saw that you play or he's continued to play because you play. I've had as many people come up to me and tell me that as they do just want to talk about football, say congratulations on the game or uh, good luck next season. Uh, I'm I'm honestly surprised every time that it happens um, because I think a lot of people, um, children especially, are, are, are influenced by athletes. I mean, that's, they are. I mean, that's, and, and, and if you can take that, um, I mean, whether we like it or not, we're we're role models, mm-hmm. uh, and and we have a responsibility to um, to teach the next this next generation how to live, how to act, how to uh, how to compete, how to mm-hmm. how to um, how to enjoy life, and mm-hmm. and it makes me feel good every time I have a, a, a parent or a, or a kid come up and say, you know what, hey, I play piano because I saw that you play piano too, and so um, for everybody out there, you know, for every Ten people who are making fun of me, uh, you know, I get that one person who who comes up and says, "Thank you for being a good role model," or, or "Thank you for um, sharing this," because now my son plays as well, and uh, that that makes me feel good. That 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 makes it worth it. And if he's being made fun of, he can say Joey Harrington plays piano. That's exactly. They're that. not going to mess with you. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> it's 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 funny. I mean, I. I Kids, kids, especially around you know in the state of Oregon, um, have identified with that, and and it's made me very happy. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's so wonderful. And just think, Billy Joel at five foot five, <laughs> who I'm guessing probably was never a great football player, can now think Piano Man was played <laughs> <laughs> for Joe Harrington. So you've also made Billy Joel hardly. <laughs> Hardly. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think this is very significant. I've enjoyed this so much. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Yeah, I think my it's pleasure. It's been great. a lot of fun. It's wonderful. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Anytime. You've been listening to quarterback and jazz pianist Joey Harrington. I hope you'll join me here next time when I talk with another creative person about how jazz has inspired their life and work. I'm Judy Carmichael, the host and producer of Jazz Inspired. My production engineer is Curtis Heidolf. The opening music was Airmail Special, and the mid-break music is a smooth one from my CD, High on Fats and Other Stuff. The closing music is Old Fashioned Love from my CD Trio. I'm on piano with Mike Hashem on sax and Chris Flory on guitar. For a schedule of upcoming programs, to sign up for our email newsletter, or to find out how you can personally support Jazz Inspired, visit our website at jazzinspired.com. You can email us at info at jazzinspired.com. To find out more about what I'm doing in my music, or to find out how you can order music you heard on today's show, visit judycarmichael.com. 
Special thanks to Mitch Paola at Sherman Clay Piano Gallery in Portland, Oregon. Chris Roach, Tom Rickenback, Stephen Linda Plotnicki, and our webmaster Megan Lewis. Judy Carmichael's Jazz Inspired is made possible with generous support from our listeners and from Steinway & Sons and the American Hotel, Sag Harbor, New York. Visit online at theamericanhotel.com. Thanks, too, to Sag Harbor Florists. You can visit them at sagharborfloristandgifts.com. Joey Harrington has little time to play piano as much as he'd like, so when a great piano is near, he jumps at the chance to play it. We decided to join forces on a blues and illustrate our respective approaches in the process. Joey starts us off with a few choruses, then I jump in, and we finish with Joey giving me a boogie bass while I play the melody. Here is the Joey Judy Blues. All right, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Come on, you can do it. You on? Yep. Thank you. 